Welcome to the podcast series for the ESRC-funded International Centre for Life Course Studies in Society and Health at UCL. In today's podcast, Professor Yvonne Kelly discusses new research which looks at young adolescents and alcohol and the links with parents' and friends' drinking habits. Adolescence is a period of formative development in terms of the, the human lifespan. Young people start to make choices, decisions, they become more autonomous and they often develop health behaviours, health-related behaviours, which they can carry with them right throughout their lives. Here, for example, we're interested in drinking. Around 80% of adults who do drink start doing so during their adolescence, and their early experiences with alcohol really influence how they then drink right throughout the rest of their lives. Most of the research which has been done looking at those continuities between drinking in adolescence and drinking in adulthood have been done on older teenagers. So this piece of research gave us the opportunity to look at reported drinking right at the very beginning of the adolescent period, so in individuals who were 11 years of age. Given that background, what did you want to look at specifically and why? Specifically, we wanted to look at the influences on uh, young people's drinking, so drinking right at the very beginning of the adolescent period. For example, we know that in older teenage years that what parents do and what young people's friends do influences their drinking. We also know that characteristics of young people themselves, so their expectations towards alcohol, their awareness of harm and risks to do with alcohol, influence their choices around drinking and beyond their own beliefs if you like attitudes and awareness around alcohol we know that the family context is important so by that I mean family relationships so parental monitoring for example how things are in the household whether the young person is happy within their household you know within their family setting so all of these things are thought to be important in shaping young people's drinking behaviours, but not much research has been done on very early adolescents. Over the last decade, we have seen that there's been a reduction in the prevalence of drinking amongst young people, because problem drinking, heavy drinking, binge drinking in the population, not just young people, but in adults, is a great public health concern. Over the last decade, there has been a reduction in the proportions of young people reporting drinking, But amongst those young people who do drink, we haven't seen any reduction in the amounts of alcohol at the drink. And their patterns of drinking are roughly the same as as they were a decade ago. Another important background factor for this work is that hospital admissions in the under-18s, due to problems to do with alcohol, still remain a significant public health concern. Now, you made use of the Millennium Cohort Study, a fabulous resource, but what information does it have that helps you examine these these questions? Okay, so at age 11, young people themselves were asked whether they had ever had an alcoholic drink. And that was something which was more than just a few sips of alcohol. Mm. At the same age, their parents were asked about their own drinking, so their quantity of alcohol they drank and the frequency which they drank. Young people were also asked about whether their friends drank. The 11 years themselves were asked about their awareness of harm from drinking alcohol. So for example, they were asked, what risk to health do you think there is from drinking one or two units of alcohol per day? 
on a daily basis and they could rank their responses to that. They could say there is no risk through to there is great risk from drinking one or two units of alcohol per day. They were also asked about their expectancies towards alcohol. So positive expectancies are things like drinking alcohol helps you make friends, it helps you open up, helps you worry less. Negative expectancies are things like actually alcohol stops you from making friends, gets in the way of schoolwork, and if I was caught drinking alcohol I would be punished or I would be told off by my parents. So young people were asked about specifically questions on their expectations and around alcohol and their awareness of risk to do with alcohol. There was also a whole set of data that we used which were uh, looking at the family context, so looking at parental supervision, how much time young people um, had unsupervised either at weekends or on weekdays after school, and various markers of the family context, so the the closeness of the relationship between um, the parents and and the child, the happiness of the child within their own family setting and whether or not it was reported family conflict, so the frequency of battles between parents and their 11-year-olds. OK, run us through some of the basic facts then and figures that emerged about drinking amongst 11-year-olds in the survey. OK, so just under 14%, 13.6% of 11-year-olds reported drinking. In terms of the, the their parents, we categorised their parents' drinking into non-drinkers, light-moderate drinkers and heavy binge drinkers. In this particular sample, around 60% of mums and dads fell into the light-moderate drinking category. About 20% of mums could be classified as heavy or binge drinkers and 25% of dads. You took into consideration quite a range of other factors. Can you talk us through those? Okay. We also took into account things to do with the child so their gender, whether they'd started puberty, uh, where they sat in the sibship, so if they were an only child or whether they had brothers or sisters, <coughs> uh, their own uh, behaviours, so whether they uh, had, had behavioural difficulties themselves as rated by their parents, their reports of other things that they do, so what we th- might think of as antisocial behaviours, so things like being loud or rude in a public place, engaging in graffiti, setting fire to bins, smashing up bus shelters. We also use data on, on their own reported other health behaviours, things like cigarette smoking. Then we had some background family characteristics, so family's economic status as measured through income, and religion, whether the family had a reported religion or not. So all sorts of background contextual factors which we had to take into account to try to isolate these relationships that we were interested in between the influence of parents' drinking on 11-year-olds' drinking and their friends' drinking with 11-year-olds' drinking. Let's talk about parents first then. When it came to the relationship between parents' drinking and their children, what did you find there? When we just looked at the proportions of 11-year-olds' drinking according to whether or not their mums drank, we saw that uh, 11-year-olds whose mums didn't drink, around 9% of those drank. For 11-year-olds whose uh, mums drank light to moderate or heavy and binge drinking, we saw increasing proportion of 11-year-olds drinking. So from the non-drinkers through to the heavy binge drinkers, there was about a two-fold increase in the likelihood of 11-year-olds drinking. And for dads, we saw a similar picture. So around 9% of 11-year-olds whose dads didn't drink reported that they did drink. 
and that went up to about 16% for those who had heavy or binge drinking dads, so just under a twofold increase in the prevalence. When we took account of all of the background factors, we saw that the associations between mums drinking and 11-year-olds drinking remained really quite strong, with a, between a 60 and 80% increased risk of 11-year-olds drinking if their mums drank. For dads, the relationship, once we took account of all of these background family factors, the relationship between dad's drinking and 11-year-old's drinking was, was largely explained, it was attenuated, it largely disappeared when we took these background factors into account. Let's move on to friends okay. and, and what you found there. So for friends drinking, the correlations were really very strong indeed. So uh, if cohort members had friends who drank, 42% of them reported drinking themselves. So when we took account of all of the background factors, family factors and, and things that were going on in the family and the young person's expectations around alcohol and their awareness of harm, that explained some of that relationship. But still, 11-year-olds whose friends drank were still more than four times likely to drink if their friends were drinking compared to if their friends weren't drinking. And when you drill down further into those family relationships, going back to mum and dad, what were the key things to emerge? Okay, so even though we found that uh, the sort of the main relationship between fathers drinking and 11-year-olds drinking disappeared when we took account of all of the background factors, we found that when we looked at fathers drinking in combination with parental supervision, we saw a different story emerging. So in families where the father is drink is a heavy or a binge drinker, if there is low parental supervision, we see much higher prevalence of co of eleven year olds drinking than if there is higher levels of parental supervision. Let's just look at this question of how risky eleven year olds perceive drinking to be, because that's quite interesting, isn't it? But what did you what did you find there? Again, we found that for 11-year-olds who perceived that there was there was no or just a slight risk from drinking one or two drinks daily, if they had heavy drinking mums, again, they were much more likely to be drinking themselves. Now, it's early days for this research, but how does what you've found so far inform the ongoing debates about young people and drinking, particularly from a policy perspective, would you say? Well, a recent review has highlighted the lack of good evidence when thinking about interventions, particularly school-based interventions around alcohol. Most of the research efforts around reducing alcohol consumption or uh, stopping the initiation of alcohol consumption in young people have been done in school settings. But at least a recent review of around 40 studies, mostly from the US, found that school-based interventions were found not to be particularly effective when the focus was, was simply on alcohol which points to the need for more generically based interventions, perhaps around a range of health behaviours. So, you know, you might be thinking of alcohol as along with cigarettes, along mm. with other drugs, along with things to do with the food environment and, and physical activity and the risk of obesity. So really looking right across a range of behaviours which are related to health and well-being in that adolescent period. And our findings would support that in terms of not just focusing on the school, so of course including the school, including young people's friends and peership groups in school and in community settings. Because although young people spend a huge amount of their time in school, they also spend time in other settings, including the family. And really our, our findings support the need to bring the family in, what parents do in terms of their drinking, 
uh, appears to be important, but along with other factors, of other contextual factors in the family, you know, how well the family is functioning, uh, parental supervision and monitoring uh, of young people, for example. Exploratory drinking in early adolescence, findings from the Millennium Cohort Study, is researched by Yvonne Kelly, Alice Guesis, Amanda Saka, Narika Cable, Richard Watt and Annie Britton. More information is available on the website www.ucl.ac.uk forward slash ICLS.